Welcome everyone to episode 37 of the Looks Like a Movie podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm here with Doug and Owen. And today we're going to be notes. talking about <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by a uh, podcast favorite, Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. Um, to be clear, you guys have both watched director's commentaries and you both saw this movie previously before we decided to do this podcast. Correct? I saw, yes. yeah, yeah. I saw this in theaters earlier this year for the first time. Um, Oh, and then like yeah and then for like a year ago so yeah okay and then for preparation yeah. for this owen rewatched it and then watched it with the director's <laughs> commentary and then i rewatched right. it with the director's commentary as well yeah um, so this is my first time watching it i have not seen the director's commentary so i'm kind of a blank slate if you guys want to use me as a as a filler for the audience <laughs> to talk about what you you gained from the director's comment i know doug has plenty to say so i wrote down like everything useful um <laughs> that boy said brother. there's a lot right. there's a lot so do you I, want to yeah. start by just talking about the movie itself or stuff that you notice in the director's commentary i think we can interwine it i think it goes all hand in hand um uh, I, yeah i i don't know doug do you have a different i wanted should... to say we all like this movie a lot um <laughs> yeah yeah it was really good yeah i saw on letterbox it was like um for my rewatch i gave it four and a, i bumped it up to a four and a half star owen did yeah. as well um mm -hmm. you on your your first watch you gave it four stars it's like we're yeah. all we're all pretty big fans no of i this. really liked it i also um i was gonna ask you guys i guess now i might as well bring it up because uh it was a big part of i think why i liked it um so I don't know all that much about the actual novel, right? Sure. But mm -hmm. my understanding, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is that it was Francis Ford Coppola's idea or like this this movie was different from the novel in that this like romantic backstory for Dracula is not existent in the novel, correct? Yeah. yeah. So, so, it's the, not so the ending that we get in this movie, which is like this what? really touching like tribute to love is not like the so, same key focus of the novel the the movie is not written by francis ford coppola they go into it on the commentary yeah but, francis uh, ford coppola in the commentary makes it very clear that he did not write this movie <laughs> okay um they he goes into it basically winona Ryder comes to francis ford coppola and like i have a script for you and it's dracula and he's like yeah. oh i love dracula yeah and then he, he francis ford coppola on. yeah he was like i'm fucking broke and i love dracula let's, yeah, let's yeah. go yeah <laughs> but he but he liked the idea of taking the yeah, story no, in that was, direction. He's a huge right? fan of yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. He, that was like, that was like an intentional thing that story happened. Story to like kids at summer camp or something. Like he loves Dracula. So it was kind of a yeah. perfect thing where Winona Ryder was like, Hey, I have this thing for you. And he's like, Oh, what is it? And it's like his favorite fucking book. And he's like, right. sure. But it was the script is already written. Um okay. so, but the love story, yes, is added in. It's not in the book. That stuff is new. And also, yeah. I don't think this was a part of the script either, but oh, like a part book. of the script even. But um, and it definitely wasn't a part of the book. But the, the prologue, the beginning of the film, oh, yeah. uh, okay. I think was uh, um, the way that Coppola kind of like talked about it, it. It made it seem like it was like a totally like just an invention of Roman Coppola, like um, because uh, Dracula is inspired by a real life historical figure named Vlad the Second. Um, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh. I was gonna do a little bit more reading, but then I didn't. Um, <laughs> Has anyone basically... seen Dracula Untold? 
No. no. Because I haven't seen that movie, but when, every time I see that movie, it like looks like it's doing like trying to do that again. Like it's like oh. it's like what Luke Evans and like the armor and the sword. It feels oh, yeah. very like they're they're riffing off of like this whole intro that Coppola kind yeah. of created here. Which this intro was, I thought the the like the battle scene when oh, he's yeah. using this, I was like, that is so fucking cool. Yeah, with like the shadow puppets and shit. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I think it's funny because he he talks about in the commentary how like they shot that later and they were like fucking out of money so that's why they had to do the shadow puppets because <laughs> no it like, looks so good though it, it's great yeah. i think it's fantastic which is like it all comes down to like you know the whole thing where it's like limitation brings out like really interesting stuff but it's like right. yeah but, he was like i we had to do this because we had no money left <laughs> understanding yeah. that roman coppola was in charge of basically like all of the special effects and stuff and like coming up with like how to do the special effect shots in the movie makes yeah. so much sense now um, knowing that Roman Coppola is such a close collaborator with uh, Wes Anderson, because right. a lot of this, a lot of like the stuff that is on display here is a lot of stuff that like Wes Anderson is also very interested in and like uses in yeah. his movies, like um, like a lot of like practical puppets and like yeah. like miniatures. I noticed, and shit like I noticed that. the like, thing with the um, my favorite one was when when he's on the train and he's like reading the book and you see like the the train going up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All Roman Coppola, all that stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. No, because the literally, I was gonna message you guys too because I know you guys had seen the movie already. But when I started watching it, that that battle scene mixed with like right after where the cross is like squirting blood, it was like five minutes into the movie, and I was gonna text you guys, and I was like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." <laughs> like the first, yeah, the first five minutes of the movie, I was already like in love with it. Yeah, no, this this uh rocks it's it's really cool I, th I think it's interesting because yeah so the way that francis ford coppola kind of introduces uh the idea for this movie like his idea for making it it's very much it's like yeah i made one for the heart i went broke um and he was like so to become financially stable i was going to do two things i was going to make the godfather part three and i was going to make dracula <laughs> and um, I got really, there's another fourth thing that he mentions that he was going to do, and that fact that it didn't happen, like, bugs me a lot, because he was like, oh, I'll do Dracula, and then I'll do Frankenstein, and then mm. after making Dracula, he was like, oh, I don't need to do that, actually, and, no, the, and the exact quote ends up fucking making the movie. His exact, I have this in notes, his exact quote, um, when he said he was like, yeah, the idea was like, oh, I'm going to do, uh, dracula and then frankenstein because they're so connected he yeah. he said like after he did dracula and like working on frankenstein he was like what the fuck am i doing he's like why am i wasting my time <laughs> yeah and then like 40 years later he makes jack so i don't really know what the fuck <laughs> happened man but uh yeah. he was like yeah i just want to like i okay i'm done with movies now i want to like read or like he says he's gonna like read or something and then he makes jack yeah. 40 years later I'm sure I'm gonna like the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein a little bit, but like, there's no way I like it more than that possible Francis Ford Coppola Frankenstein movie. Yeah, yeah. like that would have been phenomenal. It's interesting that across our Francis Ford Coppola episodes so far, money has been a recurring theme for him, obviously, yeah. which we talked about before. Every time we've mentioned him, but. 
Yeah. Uh, because he he went broke. I mean, it's like you know, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah, just, it's yeah. just like, wow, he just lost well, a bunch I, of money. Like, I think it's interesting because he talks about like I don't know the like what exactly he says, but he's, he's, he's this commentary is coming from uh, right after one from the heart, or not one from the heart, the youth about youth. Yeah, youth about um, youth in two thousand six is the era of him like just making stuff that he wants to make for like little money, and he talks about like you know after. That's kind of what he wanted to do all along was just do things that he wanted to do. But obviously, like he just he needed fucking money. So he couldn't yeah. do that until he got money and like was stable enough to just like make these little like passion projects. And he never really was worried about like running the film industry or anything. He just kind of wanted to chill and make these little movies. Yeah, he said um, after one from the heart after he got so burnt on one from the heart and lost so much money, he yeah. was like, I want to actually just exit the film industry. <laughs> yeah. My profession is now being in like the, the food and like service industry. <laughs> like that's where my money is. And yeah. I just make movies as a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, which what is fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, so Dracula, uh, this is like a real, I want to say it's a real cult fascination. I don't know how successful sure. it was, yeah. but I do know that like, a lot of oh, people made, really love this money, movie. I think. I think I was, yeah, I think I read something about it, but I don't. Two hundred fifteen million on a forty million budget. I because yeah. I remember because the the reason they made the Frankenstein movie is because Dracula was so successful. Yeah, that's why okay. they went on that and made sense. Frankenstein. Yeah, interesting. Um, Doug is ready to pull out the notes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it's like we said, the prologue uh, was basically like a, it was a total brainchild of Roman Coppola, um, uh, and it was to it was well obviously uh, Francis was involved, and Francis said that he was very familiar with this idea of Vlad II, um, the like ancient king of Romania, um, and he was like we could use that like a like a bit of his like real life story to kind of color the fictional Dracula a little bit. And then yeah. Roman Coppola was in charge of bringing that to life because they had no money. Um, so Roman Coppola uh, designed a lot of puppets and like shadow play and stuff. It's very neat. We all, it was fucking awesome. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Um, and like we said, uh, Francis Ford Coppola agreed to make the movie because he was fucking broke. Um, yeah. um yep. I, well, I was just going to say it like, cause obviously, I mean, I, I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode and i think it's i think that whole little prologue is important because it gives us this context for dracula that is like essentially a whole different movie if we don't get that five yeah. minutes uh of stuff that we learn about him at the beginning because he's a character who uh is technically the villain but um but that little intro makes it at least so that people can understand him um, whether you think he's the villain or not, um, you yeah, understand it gives, it really colors, where he's coming from. Yeah, his like intentions, you know, because yeah. in other, because in other like more classical uh, adaptations of Dracula, he's just kind of like a bad dude, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but is this Which, one? It I is like that, I think that really works here. The the whole romantic thing is like the the barrier there. Yeah, it's yeah. like he's it's like he's in love, and we understand you know where he's coming from because it's a very, this very tragic love you know uh yeah and in, in the real life vlad he i'm pretty sure what happened was i 
if, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, the, what the situation was that he went out to war, right? Um, they told uh, his wife that he died in war and then she killed herself and then he came back from war and yeah. saw that she killed himself herself because it was like a real Romeo and Juliet situation, you know? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Which is which is what happens in this movie. Um, yeah. Except that's how Dracula is, is born as a result. Um, yeah. For defying cool. God and becoming this. Um, yeah. Do you guys? Uh, I I don't know. I kept um because I was talking since we're talking about his character specifically. I kept seeing a lot of people talk about how um this is just not very great uh, as far as Gary Oldman works go. Um, do you not like his performance in this movie? I think I like it and I think it works in the context of the film because the movie is so big, you know, sure. uh, it's like talking about like, like I've compared the movie, this movie to Elvis before, which, right. which uh, I saw I, on your review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think some people might think is a little bizarre, but I think they're doing similar things in terms of like this maximalist, like, like studio sure. filmmaking. Yeah. Um, and I think that like uh, the performances in Elvis worked all, as well because they're like they're very over the top. Like the movie is very over the top. And I think yeah. that Gary Oldman is kind of playing into like the style of the film in a, well, in a way right. that's effective. Coppola even mentions it, I think, in the commentary, not talking about Oldman, but talking about um... Tom Waits. No, Anthony who's Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. He talks yeah. about Anthony Hopkins. And I think I don't know what it, Hopkins was doing. But he was like that. It, he's so Coppola says he's over the top. He's over the top. But it works because everything in the movie is still over the top, so it fits yeah. right in. I, I mean, will he's say, like my though, favorite part. <laughs> I okay, love Anthony Hopkins. I my biggest issues with this movie, and my really the only issues that I have with this movie is the cast. And I I will say that the I gave it a four point five after watching the commentary because I think I'd really like they finally clicked for me in a way that I'm like, I really love this movie when he's just talking about all the magic and the every little like intricacy of the like actual. Yeah. Set it's like and, real, like filmmaking magic. Going yeah. On. Cause I really love those old monster movies. And I think the, the kind of, you know, the glass, you know, you know kind of painting kind of things with yeah the, like, sure. the, like yeah like there's every like every big wide shot in the movie yeah, in the movie is like a so, class shot basically i think it's so beautiful and i i think my i had issues with the cast on first watch but i really the more i watch it the more i like the i think the editing is terrific i think we'll get into that more later but i, I just i think there's so much great stuff that it kind of doesn't the cast doesn't bother me enough where it's like i don't, I don't like the movie but yeah. that that is my issue. I because like, you talk about Oldman. I think Oldman gives a good performance that I just don't like. If that makes okay. sense, because yeah. I think he's good in the movie. Um, I don't like his look, but I, I think I love his look. See, I, yeah, I, think it's I, awesome. I, so I yeah. understand his look, and especially, and I, I gained more appreciation for the look when Coppola talks in the commentary, and he's like, "We wanted to do something different, and we yeah. were basically just doing the opposite." of how he normally looks because you know dracula has been told a billion times let's try something different so yeah, i he I said get it he, and i he understand went, it and it works he said that he went and um hired this uh like costume designer from japan to try mm -hmm. and um and like work with her to develop like a, like an original iconicism you know to like yeah yeah yeah, which I think I think works, and I think it is like there's like this image that I can't get out of my head of his stupid butt head. But I right. the issue for me is the fact that 
the it would work more the, him being old butthead if he I liked him when he was younger. I don't think Oldman works for me as the romantic lead when he is younger, and that is kind of the issue for me. Is yeah. Oldman just doesn't click there? I think if he was ugly and kind of creepy and like kind of more monster like when he's old, that wouldn't have mattered to me as much if I really liked him when he was younger. But for me, he's really kind of uninteresting looking and bland for me when he's younger, which is my only really he issue with the movie. Cool. <laughs> is I don't like Oldman in that kind of yeah. Well, it's but I really Oldman, like. Then. Yeah, Oldman's kind of my biggest issue, but it's weird because like it's an issue for me. But I like I think he's a, it's a good performance. Yeah, it just it's I doesn't like click for me in like the way that it's like perfect. Um, I really like Keanu. I think Keanu, really that's crazy. I'm I sorry. Think that's I was no because this is what yeah that's what I was gonna jump because to. I think Keanu is really silly and over the top, and it's, it's kind he's... of like Keanu's performance is bad, performance. guys. It's, it's bad. a bad performance, but I think it works. Because in the commentary silly. it was so fucking funny because he was like it's it's so he didn't say it but it's so yeah. obvious in the commentary that he also knows that keanu's performance is bad <laughs> because yeah. he's like i didn't want to he's basically saying like i didn't want to cast keanu reeves what happened was when manola Ryder brought me the script she yeah. was like my i have a friend named keanu that i think yeah. would like would be really good for jonathan hark and he was like uh, okay you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I which think winona ryder is really... my favorite performance in the movie I think. yeah yeah um, i'd agree i i think keanu's just really silly and goofy and it's like off-putting almost but i think it's fun to watch I, he's like I in a totally different movie than everyone else yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's I like when he's on the screen. I think Winona is easily the best performance. I also think Tom Waits is pretty good. Um, I don't like, what's his name? Um, Anthony Hopkins, I don't like his Van Helsing. Interesting. Okay, what I was going to say is, and, and I want to circle back because I, I probably made it sound a different way when I said this. Anthony yeah. Hopkins' performance is not my favorite part of the movie. I, okay. I am very clearly believe that Winona Ryder is my favorite performance in the movie. What I meant was Anthony Hopkins specifically every single time he talks in his accent and he's just like, yeah, I'm like, it's so <laughs> fucking stupid. And, it, yeah. and I love it every single time. Like his performance as a whole, probably toward the bottom for me. But yeah, um, so I, it's uh, during um, like rehearsals and pre-production for the film, uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola made the entire cast mm -hmm. read Bram, like the novel Bram Stoker's Dracula out loud <laughs> in rehearsal. And it took like three days. And Anthony Hopkins fucking like hated that. He was like, this is so <laughs> fucking stupid. This is like a, such a waste of time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, no, I think that was funny because he, he goes on to talk about like Hopkins just likes to show up and like he doesn't a lot of like a lot of like pre-production and like, you know, practicing and stuff. But it, it, uh, Coppola works in like a complete opposite way where he he likes everyone and the reason he made them read the books in front of him like out loud is because he wanted to know they read the books and also it was like a little like hey maybe when reading this out loud we like find some stuff that we can use that we haven't already thought of right um but with yeah. with anthony hopkins i i and it's tough because it's like it's 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 tough because you, you know uh coppola talks about even in the thing it's like dracula's been done so many times that you kind of have like a I always will just like look at think of Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. And I think Anthony Hopkins is fine. I just I don't 
get no, yeah, I didn't really care. Kind of for, I think it's weird form. because there's like specific performances that I, I, I really appreciated, but I think as a whole, the cast kind of yeah. When that's I look just, at it as, as like a bigger weird, picture, I'm like, how weird. It cast stuff is when I look at the names of the cast, I'm like, oh, oh this is yeah, pretty awesome. And which is like kind of one of those things, like you said, Keanu Reeves' performance is bad. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is, but it's, it's silly, also like seeing it's him like... on seeing him on a screen, like I just like he's just a person that I get excited about, especially like when yeah. he was younger. Um, so I'm yeah, just like, like oh him. yeah, it's Keanu Reeves, which like I don't know. It's yeah, it's a whatever performance. But, yeah, well, um, it, it, I think it's funny because like we talked about when on a rider kind of picking the cast but it was coppola kind of made it seem like and he says that it's winona's dream cast she kind of got the pick really? of the litter in and kind of made this all-star like avengers yeah line. i mean there's like smaller people like like uh carrie elways and richard carrie e. elways or richard e. grant is in it yeah um, um, i mean yeah monica Bellucci. Monica Bellucci. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, um yeah yeah um, anyway yeah uh yeah, I mean the cast is cool. The only like for me, the only the only thing that doesn't work for me personally is Keanu. But it's like I really love Keanu. Um, it yeah. it it's one of those things. He's it's like it's <laughs> he's giving so fish out of water that it feels like it feels like um it's like it's like school graduates first movie. You know what I mean? It's okay, like yeah. it's 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 like in his performance, I'm like, damn, like. Like if this was like the audition, how would you get this role? You know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny though. It's like because it's like he's it's very like, oh, there's vampires and there's like all this crazy stuff happening. So him just being like so out cool. of it is like <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know. It's it works for me in like a weird way, but I don't think it's like an, a great performance in that yeah. yeah. Now it did take of, me out of it. It just a kind of fits bit. for me. Um yeah. so every single scene except for the wedding uh the wedding between uh keanu and Mono, Reeves and Mono, uh, yeah, yeah uh was shot on a soundstage was shot on uh what he said was the old mgm sound stages or soundstage um everything everything except for that wedding because that wedding was shot he said at a uh like a real church in london um which is funny because like you really didn't need to do that on location <laughs> yeah He's big soundstage guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one from uh, the holidays, like, did he say famous. why the wedding was no. on location? He just, no. interesting. He, was, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just threw that in there. Yeah. It, I don't know. It it does come as like a. I don't. I, I was a little bit, especially because I'm like not like I know the story, but like not entirely because I haven't like actually read it. I don't know the way that like certain events happen. It, like it does not like a like some things are just really sudden you know what i mean and like the wedding yeah. just popping up like like the jump from events so like when, when we get to the wedding i was like oh this is yeah. so abrupt i was like oh they just start getting i don't know <laughs> like well, i expected there to be some kind of conflict in between but... yeah the the the, Sto the stoker story is very like non-traditional the way right. they're all like scattered with like the notes and the letters and yeah, because the way like characters just kind of like transport kind of. and stuff, um, yeah. and it made me think, <laughs> made me think of that movie that you hated this year. The what was it? The the Last Voyage of the Demeter movie. Because oh, I yeah. was like, oh, like that. Well, 
it's that scene yeah. in the movie is like you know well i think it's funny because like, yeah, <laughs> well, like, i mean it's, it's, a, a little, it's one chapter in the book little yeah. chapter in the stoker yeah. the stoker book and i think it's funny like it's like coppola did it better than the entire movie in like one little thing yeah i mean the way that he does it is cool but that's what i was saying i was like there is really a jump between yeah. like how characters transform and like the like where we go from one place to the next and and the way that like all the events happen which i guess if it aligns with the book that makes more sense i didn't yeah the book realize is very, like, it was scattered and... yeah interesting um yeah uh it's cool um the, the most <laughs> so the most interesting fun fact that i got from listening to the commentary was mm. princess ford coppola wanted to call the movie d with the period <laughs> yeah yeah that rocks <laughs> And apparently, like, the, from the way he said it, he was like, yeah, I suggested this. And apparently it sounded like everybody was like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Well, he wanted um, to. He, he keeps just talking about how, oh, they've done Dracula. They've done Dracula. Let's do something different. So right. calling it Dracula doesn't seem like on board with his whole ideology behind this movie. But it's. So like, is that the reason why they included Bram Stoker's name in the title i don't know uh, that was probably like a studio thing yeah. to like okay. like I, sell like yeah i yeah. think that's the the reason it's not called d period is because they're trying to make yeah, money of course and yeah. Bram stoker's dracula is a selling title um so i think that's just why they went with it but if it, i think Coppola calling it bram stoker's dracula fun. is so funny because i think it, it implies like some sort of like like marriage to the text yeah like some sort of like real like, like coppola i mean he is there's a lot of him like pulling from the text but he is trying to differentiate himself from every dracula iteration that's come before him yeah like it's not this isn't just like a direct telling yeah. um it's like it's like a pretty yeah. direct telling but it's like there's like you know it's also like a it's it's a very surreal film um yeah it's there's a lot of like silly there's a lot of silly stuff going on uh like oh, what's his name oh gosh i have to go through my notes oh no uh what's his name the uh, the cinematographer uh michael um ballhouse oh, um, yeah he said <laughs> coppola said that uh michael ballhouse a cinematographer who frequent collaborator with martin scorsese he shot like goodfellas and yeah, uh, yeah, i think of, king yeah. of comedy and stuff um he said that michael ballhaus didn't understand the visual style that francis ford coppola <laughs> was going for and he didn't really understand the style of the film <laughs> like as a whole because <laughs> he also did um which i mentioned in my letterboxd review that uh winona ryder is also in a, a love triangle movie that scorsese did the age of innocence and he also shot the age of innocence which is like a gorgeous movie <laughs> like like um yeah i don't know uh do you guys want to talk about any of the um because you already mentioned it's like a surreal mode you want to talk about any of the like larger ideas there's like some there's like it's a very sexual movie <laughs> um and there's also all of the 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 love stuff i don't know if you guys want to, to touch on any of the themes of the movie but, yeah so there's like a lot of nudity in there um yeah and you already said in private kevin that your favorite scenes were uh the <laughs> never said this. Scene. Never you, did, you never. literally did say this you i've never said this i don't know what we're talking wait what did i say Wh which scene 
you said your favorite scenes were the bride the dracula scenes um oh okay maybe i did say <laughs> and and actually i will back it up on the podcast yeah i mean come on dude like you don't have to put me on the spot but yeah like of course like think about it. i don't know two plus two is four like come on uh, <laughs> like, um, which uh that's really interesting um uh, I think that those scenes are very notable um, for me and probably for a lot of people because uh, Monica Bellucci plays one of the brides and Monica sure. Bellucci is a uh, very important actress, you know, for a lot yeah, like number of reasons. In love with. Uh, sure. I mean, are, are you're saying you're not? Are you, are you going to? No, I just like, I, yeah, just, I, mean... I just meant like you really like her Yeah. as a, yeah. As a performer. <laughs> what? That's no, I'm being serious. Like, it's like you talk about her a lot. Like, I know you really like her. It's not like, yes. a... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, li I do like, I like Monica Bellucci a lot. Um, and I think it's, I think it's funny what Coppola said in the commentary during that part, because he said, um, that this is Monica Bellucci's first film. It's not correct. <laughs> he also, um, um, and because of that, I don't know how much I could believe the other thing he said, where he said that Roman Coppola just saw her in a magazine. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird part where he's like, "Oh, yeah, my like, my son was like, oh, she was girl in a magazine. Let's make her like the lead bride of Dracula." Yeah, I was like, "There's, I mean, no, Monica Bellucci was acting before. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Like, well, he, it's old. It's years later. He's he's a little confused. But he, he also he talks about how uncomfortable he, he was to see that to film that scene, and he like hated it. He didn't want anything to do with it. And he tells like, a little anecdote of like he's like." Roman, go tell them to get naked. And then he's like, I don't want to do it. And he tells the other guy, no, tell them to take their clothes off. And he's like, I don't want to fucking tell them to take their clothes off. And no one wants yeah. to, you know, tell them they have to all get naked for the, the scene. Which is right. funny because there's a lot of female nudity in this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no you one see a lot of, a lot of boobers. It. And I just um, want to clear the record. That's not actually my favorite scene. Maybe it is, but it's probably not. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> You're crazy. No, I don't. I'd have to think, but... But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, that seems really cool. I, I do. I really like um, one of my favorite images. Uh, there's uh, actually an image I, I really like, at least in the movie is um, so obviously, you know, the brides try to seduce Jonathan Hark so that they can fucking eat him because they're vampires. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and then Dracula like reappears and was like, hey, you can't eat him. You know, and he, like flies yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Sick. But it's like there's like weird there's this weird fucking shot of like two of the brides like like uh like hanging off they, each like, other oh. and then like like skitter backwards. Yeah, oh, that was they, like, go back. awesome. Yeah, a lot of, like, he talks about like a lot of it shot in reverse and they like yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, I yeah. really like that image a lot because that image is like that's uh, that image is like really freaky and I think this scene this brides scene like whole sequence is probably like the scariest part of the movie um because sure. it's labeled like a horror movie right but it's not really. yeah, yeah. it's not really a horror movie yeah. also okay run through the plot to catch us up real quick if you don't know what dracula is about uh, right which i think was i think we began talking uh, about this assuming that people are at least familiar with it at like but, the tiniest bit so yeah, keanu reeves fun. plays jonathan hark mm -hmm. um jonathan Her hark Harker, sorry, Jonathan Harker. Jonathan Harker has to go from England, London, uh, travel to Transylvania, Romania, to yeah. close um a deal of with uh Dracula at Dracula's Wait, castle. Renfield was 
like by Tom Waits was sent there before and now he's like gone. Yeah, Insane. now he's a crazy person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Jonathan Arker has to go to close the deal with Dracula. Dracula's trying to buy like five different properties in London. Right. Um and, and, and he is also engaged to Winona Ryder's character. Winona Ryder. And Winona Ryder's character is the like a uh, Mina Mina's is like the uh the, the the reincarnation of uh of like dracula's Aerial, like yeah dracula's yeah, yeah. Uh, princess. princess yes yes um and uh and, and he sees dracula. a picture of her yes dracula sees I, a picture i really like that that kind that of scene book. is really cool yeah. and yeah. i love the, 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 shadow. the shadow stuff yeah i was gonna say that well, before as we were yeah. already talking about well, Kevin, I think you'd like. really like the the commentary because he talks a lot about those shadows and how yeah. like they did especially that when the, especially when the shad the one scene where the shadow is like doing something different than what he yeah, is where well, they're like they, standing they, each other and he, I, he talks about it and it's still him. kind of it feels like a bigger thing than my brain can really comprehend but yeah. the 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 like kind of behind the scenes work on making the shadows look like oldman shadows and then having the shadows like kind of tither off because yeah, i still don't work. understand how they did it even I, yeah, after he explained it i don't it. know i don't because really he said it. he said that they had a mime in another room <laughs> watching goldman on a tv and i was like how the, what, the, what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but there's i love the scene where oldman is like looking off to the side a little talk or explaining or something and then the the like shadow is like reaching for yeah yeah that's what i'm talking like, about i mean it's like that oh, might that i think good. that when when i joked before but that might actually be my favorite scene in, in the movie um, um because that's like the one that i specifically but the, yeah the, 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 how, however they did that is above me that is insane yeah that's really yeah. Understand cool that. because was... he, well I, I just wanted to mention that because they he talks about how it's it's 92 but they 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 specifically did everything in camera. So like all of the tricks are like old magic tricks and old film techniques because you could do that today and you could do that in 92, like post-production, but they made it like a very clear point that, or at least in the commentary, that they wanted to do so much of this in camera. So all of like the, the Roman Coppola, like little special effects and like, all that stuff was done in camera, which I think is like, there's this great, uh, you got Keanu in the train and you have uh, Dracula's like eyes, like in the mirror. And they did that with right. like projection stuff, which I think is like really interesting. Because, yeah. Like, they like, and, they like projected the map onto Keanu's face. And then they had yeah. like the, they had like the eyes and like the, miniature train because it's like he's on the train but then outside of the window is like the miniature train set mm -hmm. and then above that set is like dracula's eyes and then it's yeah which it yeah. seems like way more complicated than it needed to be because you could have just done this in post but i think it's really fascinating how much like because it's like mind-boggling like effect stuff and then yeah doing it all on camera is like really impressive yeah um so about the shadows, uh, I, I wrote down a whole quote that uh, Francis says um, where he talks about like how like this is like a recurring theme that he like was keeping in mind the entire time while making the movie where he says in the presence of a metaphysical being such as a vampire, things shouldn't work like they do normally, like things that are supposed to go up, go down, etc. And he's talking right. about and like he said that 
um specifically when like we notice like the shadows like we see the shadow before we see dracula and stuff like that yeah where he's like yeah. he's very intentionally trying to like um paint this picture of like yeah like things do not like like a vampire is like a thing like that is um kind of like incomprehensible right and above like being human and above science so it's like yeah. things like which even goes into how he like pops up in different places you yeah. know like when yeah. he's like uh, with they, Winona Ryder he's like there yeah. and then she walks away from him and then he's still in front of her they talk he yeah. talks about like pushing walls in there's the great scene where um Keanu is shaving and he's looking in the yeah. mirror and then you have the mirror in front you Keanu here and then the hand comes out and then he looks back and Dracula's like 10 at feet. the door yeah yeah, yeah. and him just like popping in and out there's like they do like they mess with like the 180 rule and they have him like kind of bouncing around so there's not like a real you don't have a great understanding of the room in this like off-putting way and there's also just not a great understanding of like how he works because it just doesn't work naturally and yeah. they, i like there's the scene i don't know what it is that keanu is opening but it's like a there's like some kind of liquid and it like rises up like oh, yeah, it ceiling. spills to the ceiling and he yeah, spills it yeah. but then it spills to the ceiling it, there's just little like weird things and i i don't know he talks about it in the commentary i don't know if it was a cinematographer is that what you mentioned earlier where he like yeah, just didn't uh, understand it because yeah. he, he was like that's not how it should work and he's like we're not supposed to do it like that and couple was like that's the point and I, I don't know i think it's i always enjoy like breaking yes. rules for intentional purposes and you know to yeah. achieve like a, a different feeling yeah yeah like in that scene that you're just talking about where it's um keanu's shaving and then uh dracula is there right mm -hmm. and then uh you know the scene like kind of concludes with dracula like sh like finishing keanu's shave and oh, shaving and, like, his neck with the riser um yeah. <laughs> and that's what you're talking about like pushing the walls in it's yeah. like what they do when they shoot it is like they kind of like um they tilt the camera up above them and then they, they physically like start pushing the walls around them slow um like slower to create as the music swelling to create like this really really like claustrophobic feel and it's very subtle um but yeah, it's, it's it, very it, yeah you barely even notice it but you you feel it um and I, even in that scene as well when he's when he's shaving i think it's a really impressive look because you have the mirror and you don't see dracula in the mirror because he's a vampire but you see the hand on the shoulder so, it, I mean, it's a great image of, you know, you have so much going on there, um, you know, visually, but it all kind of. Yeah. So Dracula. Yeah. So Jonathan Arker goes to Dracula's castle, which yeah. also, I'm sorry, <laughs> there's so much. Um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola said, and I was like, this is a crazy thing to point out, um, but he said they tried to design the look of the castle. They try, they try to make it look like Dracula. They try to make the castle look like Gary Oldman's Dracula costume. Interesting. And I was like, what the fuck? I think um, I have a screenshot of the castle on my, on oh, my yeah, phone, beautiful. actually. Well, I, um, I love those. I always love, and I, I don't know why we've, I, like, there's there's not. You know, the tip of the castle does kind of look like <laughs> like his head. If you if you look, I can't, you're not going to see it on the camera, but it does kind of look like. Oh, no, I do like see it. Yeah, his, yeah. Like his yeah. frame. But I those like the the kind of like old uh, you know Hollywood kind of matte painting uh, castle things I always love. But I think those are I yeah. Love those. They um but so yeah so Jonathan Harker goes to Dracula's castle 
yes. um to close to finish a deal that renfield couldn't because he went crazy obviously he went crazy because he turned him into because dracula turned him into a vampire um yeah. so jonathan archer goes there um like to talk to dracula dracula sees um jonathan harker has a picture of his wife his fiance at the time mina played by winona winona rider um winona winona fuck <laughs> winona rider um right and he sees like oh um uh this is like this is the like reincarnation like the like the like the physical uh like double you know of like of like my lost princess you know uh yeah. many like many years earlier that killed herself yeah hundreds um, of years earlier yeah yes and then i think that is the moment where he's like okay jonathan arker you're gonna be your prisoner now um, yeah exactly and <laughs> we get yeah so we get all of this stuff in transylvania with them and and i mean the shaving scene you mentioned is is one of the better moments is there anything while the two of them are still together another scene that you guys want to mention or do we want to talk about when they essentially split and gary oldman or, or dracula goes to london there's like two things specifically that i wanted to say one of them was uh dracula like going out of the window and climbing fucking up right like, oh, like, so cool <laughs> uh, <laughs> apparently that's an image that is like directly from the book that is like described okay, from yeah, the book it is kind of terrifying i mean you said that one scene was um like the biggest horror moment i think the way he climbs down that wall is kind of terrifying <laughs> yeah that shit is freaky um, as fuck um yeah and also fucking awesome i mean see just seeing gary oldman in that silly ass costume yeah. scaling along the wall um but then also uh when jonathan harker is trying to escape uh and is like on the you know oh like, that scene right yeah when I have they're that. like loading up the demeter um when dracula uh pops up out of the out of the coffin um <laughs> uh obviously if you've seen Osferatu, you you know you you could probably put two and two together. Um, but Coppola said in the commentary that that is like that was a very intentional um, reference to Nosferatu, um, and that he and he was like, yeah, I have to put a shot in this like this because I have to do like like I ha like a, a like a specific homage to Nosferatu. Like he's like, I can't make a fucking vampire movie without <laughs> referencing right. Nosferatu. Um, yeah. And the shot is it's like him being like 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 li like it's like lifted out of the coffin like yeah 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 so then dracula goes to london uh well then he gets on the demeter and then we get like this sure, stormy yeah, yeah. which we already talked about a little bit yeah um that's like so i messaged in our group chat uh when i watched that part because he um that also okay what a creative fucking way to do that where it's like so um it's like the sequence where dracula is on the demeter coming to london um he it's like uh we're also seeing what's going on in london and there's this big storm and it's like oh like like london is also like on the boat and he's like trying to like convey that feeling of like oh we're on land but it's like we're still feeling like we're on like a boat that's storming and in the commentary, and this is when I fucking messaged our group chat, and I was like, "Oh, and bro, um, he literally says he's like, yeah, if this had, if um, like this whole sequence, he was like, if this had to be an homage to a certain filmmaker, it would probably be Abel Gantz." And I was like, "I, I'm not joking." I literally yelped. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Well, there's this great sequence in Napoleon, um, where they're swaying the camera back and forth on a boat. 
and I, I think it's like the coolest thing ever. And it's all it's like an obvious pull from there. And he it's kind of funny where he's like, Oh yeah, I guess it's it's like such an obvious pull. <laughs> but I, I think it's like the coolest. I love that shot in Napoleon, and I think that shot in Napoleon is like still kind of innovative and still holds up as like this revolutionary thing that you don't really see being used, but it, I think it's very effective way of like feeling like you're on a boat because they're doing this on soundstage. So you're not actually on a boat. Um, but the way of showing movement and the feeling of the movement to kind of give the boat feel is a perfect pull there. And, and God's being referenced in an, in a, in a, uh, a Dracula movie is enough for me to really like it. And then they talk about Brockage a little later, which. Yeah. Um, a... Well, it's like, he like this, he just, <laughs> just named throws, Brockage just for no reason. It's so funny. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, okay, I'll I'll take give there yeah. the brownie points, Francis Ford Coppola, Jesus. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it was actually like in the commentary. It's so funny because like he does he he's like explaining like like the method the 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 method the methodology of doing like this the meter like rainy like stormy sequence right and he's like yeah it's like kind of an homage to Abel Gantz in a way um and then like right after that he goes like. You know, uh, as like a young person, I did watch a lot of that San Francisco experimental films. And then he just like names Brockage. And then he like just, he, he like, he just, he says Brockage's name and then he just like moves on. And I'm like, what yeah, the fuck? So Which like, pro- I was going to say, I was going to say probably worth going on the tiniest tangent here to mention that we have never gotten more of a reaction on an episode than <laughs> the amount of, of clear, like, positive reactions to an idea of uh, a Stan Brockage episode, both in our YouTube comments and in the Spotify replies. <laughs> it's very obvious that people want us to talk about Stan Brockage for an entire episode. Um, so we won't we, give anything away now, but it well, is something that will probably It's on be the happening. horizon. We all, all three of us have a little bit of research to do before we get yeah. there, but um, it will, for those who are listening this deep and, and mentioned last week that that is something that they would want, you will be fed eventually. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to that, that Gaunt's poll because we talked about um, the, so it's showing London and then the boat at the same time. Mm-hmm. But when we're at London, we're still swaying. Yeah. So and it, it it's the perfect like effect of the the gaunt's boat sway because we're kind of connecting the two and it's like a perfect editing thing where you have rain in London and we're still swaying so we're still on that boat kind of metaphorically. Um, and and it, it kind of goes into that like um thematic idea again where it's like in the presence of a vampire like the yep, world nothing. doesn't work yeah, as it oh, normally man. was right it's like now like the land starts swaying like it does at sea yeah, you we're know it's like seasick on land here yeah oh man um and then so during this sequence i think we get probably the most iconic shot in the movie maybe uh, uh which is dracula laying um yeah. mina's uh friend i forgot her name um, the actress is oh, um, um, Lucy, Lucy, yeah, played by Sadie um, Frost, Sadie Frost, yes. Um, but it's like Dracula laying with her, Dracula as like a wolf, like as like a werewolf, right? Yeah. Um, uh, like laying with her, and that shot is so awesome, <laughs> yeah. I probably see that shot in the wild more than any other shot from this movie, um, okay. I even like, think the build up to it with her in like this little courtyard is, is awesome as well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it's 
it's interesting how horny this movie is and how <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola like doesn't acknowledge it at all. In the yeah. <laughs> oh, well, because you said he didn't like that stuff. Yeah, yeah he's not going to make But this is like one of it's like one of the horniest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, because it's like even like during like there's like I don't know why, but like 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 Mina and Lucy kiss like they're they're like making out in like the courtyard. Right. It's like even, what's going on? <laughs> even a lot of their like reactions in the movie like when they're like after they've been bitten and stuff <laughs> a lot of like the noises that they make you know what i mean i'm like this is not i'm like this well, is there's clearly, this, gr- there's like, this really great sexual. there's this great scene where you have you have Sadie frost and then there's all like the suitors come in yeah and she like basically like she flirts with the one guy and then the other guy comes in and she's like all right like pushes him to the side and goes goes and flirts with that guy and then the other guy comes in and yeah no it's an incredibly horny movie and it's i think it's it's interesting that coppola like kind of is like i don't like this stuff and i don't he's not going to talk about it but it's very clear that it's like he doesn't want to talk about it so he's gonna he's gonna put that all in the movie (laughs) he's gonna get that out in the movie which not Um, to jump ahead but the um while we're on the subject of Sadie Frost, the the scene I love the scene uh, where they um where they like kill her pretty much um, oh, yeah. or her you know that shit rocks so hard <laughs> yeah That's that like... scene is awesome <laughs> yeah well I do say, Coppola does mention I think in that scene that he says uh her her baby like vampire fangs he like says her bang her fangs are pretty sexy or he says something like that he's like it's just like a random throwaway line he's like I, I think her i think her vampire fangs are pretty sexy or something. that was that was funny um that's very silly so the next morning after the demeter lands in london or like it's in it's london right yeah 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 uh lands in london right and now um things are normal uh probably like the coolest part of the entire movie for um arguably is uh when we see dracula in human form out in the day and the first like you know minute of footage of him downtown london looking for mina is shot with like he says shot with actual oh, like yeah. hand cranks like, uh the really old film it's very like a silent old silent film yeah it's um, uh yeah the sequence where young dracula is introduced in england was shot with the same path a hand cranked like non-filtered uh, lenses that um were used in silent filmmaking like actual silent yeah. filmmaking that's so Which, awesome and, and he, he said that he's like i wanted to use more of it and i wish they did but it's like it kind of the, you know, the they, cinematographer did not want to yeah, like shoot like, more with fuck it. that shit i don't want to use yeah. this old ass camera but Damn. I wish they. I wish there's so like a awesome. there's like a five hour director's cut of just a bunch of that shit. I want. I think it's fucking cool. Yeah. No. I wish the whole movie looked like that, bro. That shit was fucking yeah. rocks. Well, I think yeah. That's the biggest. The reason why this is so this movie is so cool is is Coppola's fascination with old old movie techniques, and I think the that stuff really the love for like movie making really comes out in this movie with all the cool like set stuff and just and they, like a little they go to the um the magic of it all is really shown here and when they go to the cinematograph when dracula takes mina to the cinematograph yep. and it's like he tries to recreate like the like an authentic like <laughs> what like what the cinematograph would have looked like in like you know the like 20s it's like that's fucking yeah. incredible to me i mean that that's like amazing <laughs> where they're actually playing like these really old movie shit 
yeah like that's like wow that's so fucking awesome and there's naked people on the uh the screen there to add to the the horny atmosphere <laughs> yes yeah, there's the... naked people it's like it's like <laughs> from winoa's perspective this man she like like feels like she should know but doesn't really know is like about to rape her yeah <laughs> and yeah. then there's like nudity in the screen it's, it's crazy and it's yeah. like it's yeah. all very crazy um or mina's perspective but yeah um yeah which like shortly after that is when she kind of tells Dracula that she's gonna go and marry uh Keanu Jonathan Reeves' Harker. character, Jonathan Harker, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when he's kind of like, you know, essentially like heartbroken and then takes the or or turns um what's her name? Uh, Lucy into into a vampire to mm-hmm like leech off of her (laughs) blood yeah um so this this brings us yeah so this brings us full circle to their wedding scene yes um Um, which and then was cool uh sure (laughs) yeah yeah they get yeah they get married um and then they both return to london so now everybody is now all of our characters are in the same place correct yeah everybody's in london now this is about the time that van helsing gets introduced i think right? yeah well yeah, he was introduced previously i think kind of but like this is where he becomes a major part of the story yeah, yeah. um i want to say it i really like him guy. i like yeah him. i i mean i love the character and and i already said i love anthony hopkins's little accent <laughs> <laughs> um he's very silly he he like he insults a lot of people he like bothers a lot of people um the way that he talks to uh what was it the i guess um the the guy that is marrying lucy uh which would be uh carrie always's character right Uh, yeah arthur yeah Yeah, like he he gets really pissed at him (laughs) like anthony hopkins is kind of just like going around like insulting people however he wants um and it makes for like the funniest moments of the movie. Uh-huh. He's got a like stupid haircut. He's like way. He's got a really like, dumb haircut and like, like a silly <laughs> little prop. Yeah. It's like uh, Anthony Hopkins looks very silly. I what I noticed. So I watched um. Lewis, what's his name? Like the 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 popular thirties. Is it Brunel? No, uh, that was a dumb thing to say. But like the popular thirties, <laughs> um, Dracula film. Todd Browning. Browning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Browning. Todd Browning. Um, for the first the, time this the year, Bella like not that long ago. Dracula. And what's his name? Uh, Edward Von Sloan, who plays uh, Helsing uh-huh. in Todd Browning's Dracula, I think looks a lot. He looks so similar to uh, <laughs> um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, I think, in the movie, like playing as like playing Van Helsing. I think both their Van Helsings look really similar. Interesting. Um, hmm. Let me see. Well, that's of note, I guess, right? Because yeah, I mean, was, they were paying a lot of homage to older movies. Yeah, yeah I don't but know if it was intentional or not. Clearly, yeah, it might not be like, intentional, right? It's very clearly like going against the Bela Lugosi like look of Dracula. Um, right. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, so yeah, so we get Van Helsing, and I think. Um, a really, I guess, important scene to the story, and also just a really good one, is um, when Dracula and uh, Mina are kind of like 
reunited and then she's like mad at him because she finds out that he uh that he killed lucy but then like in the same minute kind of like confesses her love for him mm-hmm. and that's when like everybody kind of like storms into this room that he's in um and that's the same scene where he turns into a bunch of rats right so yeah that everybody, awesome. storm- everybody <laughs> storms in um jonathan harker's there with a the gun mina's like no don't and then he shoots yeah. dracula he shoots dracula also i would just want to note here the big rubber suit that they got him in looks fucking awesome that shit rocks like that shit right. fucking looks incredible um and then like but yeah he jonathan harker shoots him with the gun he backs up into the shadow and then they like illuminate it and then it's a bunch of rats yeah which i thought was really cool oh and right before that also is when um what's it called uh uh renfield when when dracula kills renfield for he kind of like sneaks sneaks into renfield's (laughs) little prison cell (laughs) yeah the um so Renfield is played by Tom Waits. Uh, Tom Waits is most famous for being a musician. Uh, like, uh, he's a frequent collaborator with Francis. Yeah, and also he, you know, he's uh, Tom Waits probably is most well known for people that are listening to this for being his role in a licorice pizza, which is really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's um, but, one from the. What, what is his What is his biggest movie role? Uh, what do you mean? Like, like, bees? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I guess so is is licorice pizza is like I don't know like mo like like his uh, biggest um, role in terms of like <laughs> I guess popularity and it's I mean it's either like pizza or this one yeah it's either this or licorice well I don't know okay. is he a big role in the Outsiders that's also a really popular movie um he's not I don't remember he's him not, being he's not, he's very not. big now <laughs> yeah I haven't yeah, seen the movie in it's, a while yeah but... it's it's either this or licorice pizza it's probably this because I feel like he's a bigger character in here than licorice pizza yeah sure um yeah anyway he, yeah. he's like you know obviously more famous for his music. for music his music yeah yeah um but i think what i was gonna say is like i think tom waits might be my favorite performance in the movie as Renfield. i think he's incredible i think he's, yeah. he's awesome and for, in the commentary it's funny because yeah. every time there's a renfield scene he's basically like and these fucking tv channels <laughs> are, oh, they always cut out the renfield scenes yeah and he was like <laughs> wait do it really yeah he's yeah. basically like because you know they yeah, that's cut, like when they play commercial they had to cut yeah. down movies to you know for time so every time renfield was on the screen they just cut the scene so that's there's crazy. no renfield so that i'm sure there's plenty of people who watched this movie on tv in, in the 90s and didn't even know tom waits was in the movie yeah. because they just was cut out of the that's wild because those are some of the best scenes in the movie He's no great. those scenes rock well the whole set design well not set it's more than a set the whole like like the whole um picture the whole image uh, of the film between like the like the set and the costuming of yeah. uh like the insane asylum where it's like all the workers there had like the cages on their heads and like, oh right that was yeah. awesome it's <laughs> the, like, the one with like, the yeah he really mentioned something about the cages and i don't something about like being able to get beat or something like that <laughs> like i had the cages so they could get like beat up or something i don't remember what it was yeah it was i think he was like he was <laughs> i think he was just like yeah look how look like look at this cool world we made and he was like <laughs> um and then like yeah the workers with the uh, let me do my impression and then the walkers with the uh that's a terrible, that's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't listen. I can't do. I can't do a Francis Ford Coppola. I can only do like a like a like a. I need... um, <laughs> Anytime uh, you have to do a man with that with that talent, it just turns into a Bernie Sanders impression. I'm not a voice actor. What do you want from me, buddy? I'm a... You're the one that said, "Let me do an impression." We didn't ask you to do it. I, I but <laughs> next time, don't force me to to disrespect or to disrespect Coppola right, again. Right. Do okay. Sam Worthington as Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> I don't even remember how I did my. That was so long ago that we did that Avatar episode. Oh, that was actually that's like we're coming up on like a year. We are, yeah, yeah. Um, um, actually, I think we we'd have to do we'd have to check, but it's like January. I'm, okay, is it? It yeah, was like okay. December. Okay, interesting. Was it? It was. I think it was like, like late January, like late December. Oh. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um. We're talking anyway, about, we're talking anyway back, to, back to Dracula. Yeah, so, um, so we talked about uh, Renfield getting killed. We talked about oh, this, right. this yeah. great scene with Mina and Dracula and everybody storming in, um, and that's kind of when it turns into essentially like this um, ch- chase, I guess you want to say, because Dracula like has to right because Dracula has to go back to uh, what is it uh, Transylvania to like get is I, I they don't really like explain a whole lot of like the the dracula like how he works exactly but it's he wants to go back to transylvania because that's like where he's most powerful right something like that uh anyway he's going back he's like he's not safe in london they're all right. trying to kill him in london so he's like trying to go back to uh, transylvania um and they're all chasing him there um and uh it's like Knowing that it's all shot on sound stages is really interesting because all of the glass shots for the exteriors look so good. And for the listener at home, if you don't know what a glass shot is, if if you Google glass shot movie and then go to images, they'll probably get a good idea immediately. But um, it's like it's basically like you get a big piece of like big glass pane and you set it in front of the camera and then like you paint something like an image on it. Right. In this case, like castles and houses and shit mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. um, to make like the to make it look like the exterior shots are like way bigger, you know, than they really are. And so that when you filming it, it's like uh, you just like it like because of perspective, you know, it looks like it's really far away, even though it's on a glass. It's like just like right in front of the camera. Um, and they yeah. did a lot of that. And you know, well, like every yeah. shot of his castle is like that. They'll have like. But it's like so with the sound stage, like they'll have like a road in like the bottom left hand of the the image, and then they'll be the the road is real, and they're they're driving on the road of their their horse carriage, and then the rest of the the image will be that glass backdrop. So yeah. like, that's basically the setup there. But it, it looks fantastic. It, it looks it. really cool, and the whole movie is kind of like this homage to uh, like an old way of making movies. You know, mm-hmm. it's very yeah. much like we we've kind of like referenced it a little bit. But I I think he's like he was like because Francis Ford Coppola isn't a fucking hack. He was like, all right, I need to take this Dracula movie to make money. He's like, how yeah. am I going to do this interesting? It's like, well, Dracula is such like an old idea. He's like, what if I just like try to make this like like this blockbuster Dracula movie and like like an old way of filmmaking you know yeah. um do you think that cool. that well because you said the movie made money so it couldn't have been received that poorly right by like most like most audiences i think the honestly before i watched the movie my understanding of it was that everybody hated keanu reeves and that was the only thing I okay really knew about I, it. yeah i mean i had seen a lot of people talk about that I, I guess i was just curious because like i wonder See. if that 
um, if, if that <laughs> idea. You, go to, you get a reception on on Wikipedia, and there is two big paragraphs just called Reeves' performance. <laughs> it's like a fucking chunk. <laughs> It's like critical yeah. reception, Reeves performance, box office. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, like um, I said, that's like the only thing I really heard about it, um, positive or negative. It it's all negative, right? Rearing milky nothing, a black hole of sex and drama. They just acting yeah. miscast that ruin movies. They they hate it. It's, yeah. it's okay. I mean, because I'm, he's in yeah. the Matrix like a couple years later, so it's fine. Um, like. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to shit on Keanu too. And we all like Keanu. Well, not in the movie, but we all like Keanu in general. It was. It, it seems pretty mixed from critics. Yeah, I don't know, but I. But I, I, but I mean, I think what I was. Really liked it. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. I was like, it seems like it made a lot of money. It says it says on Wikipedia it was the fifteenth highest grossing film of that year, and um, and its total worldwide gross made it the ninth. So like, people definitely seem to like it. At least people went to watch it. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I just brought it up because I was curious because obviously the way that you describe it uh, and and if you think about that, I guess in like a modern day context, I don't know how many people can successfully make a, a blockbuster that feels like older movies in <laughs> 2023. Said, I don't know that many people have watched something like that. one at the box office but was quickly surpassed by Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, but to be fair, that's like, like, duh. Like, yeah, it's like a grown-up movie. It's like a grown-up sexy vampire movie. It's like, yeah. Yeah, on. and it's it's Home Alone 2. It's like, I mean, yeah. you release a, a Christmas this sequel that big around Christmas, have, everybody's going to go watch it. November, you have Back to the Future Part 2, and then Dracula sweeps in, and then Home Alone 2 sweeps it out. Yeah. What a time. Oh, what a, yeah. What a time, throwback man. to when like real movies were coming out of yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> Home Alone 2, one of the most real movies we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, I like the movie. Donald I Trump's in it. Yeah, Donald Trump <laughs> is in it. One of our favorite actors. <laughs> um, Maybe just one of our favorite people, even. Uh friend of the pod. Friend of the, friend of the pod, pod, Donald Trump. Uh, Donald oh, Trumpy. If you ever want to talk about uh no, okay, that's, surreal. Surreal. that's surreal that's surreal i don't want to get into it <laughs> okay anyway um to jump back to I, I guess the the plot to make sure that we don't miss anything um we were, were... were... So, yeah so it's like we're towards the end <laughs> of the movie yeah well um i was going to mention the scene where anthony hopkins uh and winona Ryder, like as mina kind of um tries to like seduce him and then the uh other vampires show up and he um he like does the uh what is it that he, that he puts on her forehead something it's I like a, isn't it isn't it like the isn't it like the 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 body of christ i think it's like the wafer right little sure. am i just you... talking right now no no you're right you're right you're right you're right you're it talking is, about yeah. van helsing yeah yeah and then like that's a really cool i really like the way that shot's edited because it's like you have the inner cuts to uh like the brides you know while he's doing that and it's like obviously and it's her fighting like kind of like these demons these like literal like physical manifestation of demons where it's like yeah it's interesting yeah well i, I don't know that was the last thing i wanted to mention i guess towards and then we get towards the end where um keanu reese's character jonathan uh kind of like lets uh mina run off with with dracula and we get back to the um castle setting of the beginning of the movie and uh at this point dracula has already been like is is already near death um because the entire group uh 
you know, attacked him. And then uh, he kind of, yeah. And then he kind of asks Mina to, uh, I forget what the exact quote is, but something about like giving him peace. And then she uh, like stabs him even further so that he dies. Um, Yeah. And then we get the shot where it shows the ceiling and it's, um, it's the two of them. It's the two of that. Well, not the two of them, but the two. Yeah. The prince and the princess from the beginning of, you know, the movie. Um, really cool, by the way. I love that part. <laughs> it's really um. So Coppola said in the commentary Great. that um he was his original idea was just to have Mina stab him in the heart, um, and like that was going mm. to be that was going to be it. But then he showed it to uh Fucking George Lucas, George Lucas. <laughs> and George Lucas was like, "Nah, you got it. You got to cut off his head. Yeah, he was like, that is the most romantic thing she could do in that situation. And so, like, yeah, because he was like, well, Coppola was like, well, he's dead. You stabbed him in the heart. Like, it's pretty clear that she kills him. But George had to make sure that the head. Yeah, was George was like, out. you can't let there be any doubt. He was like, yeah, it's yeah, it's Dracula. Yeah, yeah, George is the the ultimate romantic in that aspect. He's <laughs> gets his head cut off. Yeah, but George, I think George is very interested in like romantic like um imagery and in, in the way that right. she, and, and like even if it's like a weird way of showing it in his kind of off-putting ways i think he he kind of is interested in like kind of things like that uh, yeah well the yeah like the other thing with that ending of course is that like and like i said he he has that quote about like giving him peace right and essentially yeah. like kind of symbolizes that like now that he's dead they're kind of like back together finally in like an afterlife or whatever mm-hmm. um and obviously there's a lot of Ooh. you know religious imagery i was gonna ask doug because i know you probably care more about that like there's there's obviously like a lot of ideas about faith is there anything specifically yeah. that stands out well so i think that there's something interesting that copolis is in the commentary where he says that um he th- he found like the cathedrals and stuff in Romania to be very beautiful. Um, But then he said something that I think is really kind of poignant where he said, maybe it's only beautiful because he's seeing it from the outside looking in. Cause he says how like growing up um, in religion, like when he was growing up, he found, he thought that like a lot of religious imagery in America was very uh, like repulsive because, um, uh you know he was like coming from inside the system and he was like man this all sucks he was like this yeah. is all gross <laughs> um uh but i don't know about like it's i mean i don't know if there's anything that kind of powerful yeah. in saying about like a belief in god other than the fact that it's more it's more about like love and like this yeah idea that's what of, i think yeah yeah but i think bringing in the religious imagery makes it kind of this idea of eternal eternal love yeah, yeah. Um, I, there's yeah. a great i think there's a great scene where I think it's Keanu has the the cross and and Dracula's like that London fucking bullshit doesn't work around here, but <laughs> he's like you're gonna need a little more than that, pal. Imagine that was the exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have made the movie better. <laughs> that London bullshit doesn't work around here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. Is there anything? Yeah, I got some that... move rounds. I think there's okay. um. I love there's a lot of great match cuts that I really like. I think there's yeah. there's um there's this cool one where there's it's and it's all like Roman Coppola's little hands in there, but it's uh, Keanu and Winona like are kissing and there's like the peacock feathers come over, 
and like the eye of the peacock feather then turns into the the tunnel which i like that one a lot there's when sadie frost is bit and they turn her neck over she has two right uh vampire bites and those two bites turn into like a two wolves eyes i really like that one there's i think there's a great sequence later uh which i believe it's city frost who's in the the coffin and it's a see-through coffin and in the commentary coppola talks about uh snow white and the seven dwarves <laughs> and he's like so this is basically like snow white and then you got the the see-through coffin and and um you know richard e grant over here and and anthony hopkins are basically like the dwarves and i really like that um little moment i thought was interesting um i don't know if i have much else maybe i'll think of something but right is there anything else you want to include doug before we i just like those little things i'm sure there's something in your notes that there's... you want to mention no i mean um i just like this movie a lot um yeah. should have been more monica bellucci screen time oh um, i do have something hold up yeah i um there's this great moment I, I forgot to mention it earlier when we were bringing up brackage and gants but I, uh coppola goes on this little tangent about art and like not stealing but he talks about like oh yeah he's saying writers he's talking about writers um like screenwriters encouraging people to like to take their ideas yeah yeah, yeah. which i think is like it's a very it's something that like you kind of is preached a lot in like art school and just art in general i think but just like he says basically like you can in art it's like it's really impossible to steal one for one because you are just taking influence and then you your your like life experiences are always going to seek through in your art so when you take from something that you like and you are heavily influenced and then you use it in your own thing it's never going to be a one-for-one like impersonation and a stealing thing because it's from you it's not from like you're it's not like a copy machine so i think it's a really interesting like i'd, I'd love to you know get that whole quote written down but i i think it's a really interesting segment where he kind of goes off on like yeah just like steal i mean steal is like a weird word but we always yeah, kind of say exactly. like we use the word like in art school it's like stealing is like a word we kind of like stealing is good in a way where it's like a thing that kind of like is has a bad notion on it in terms of like stealing and art but it's it's important to kind of pull from influences and and kind of wear those in your sleep because it's kind of how art works um, yeah like it's like this movie feels like a very like hey there's so much like influence from old filmmaking and dracula and like he talks about you know, a million filmmakers in the thing that's like gaunts and brockage and he mentions everyone and he there's just it, there's a lot of art kind of happening here and i think it's really interesting um, the way that he kind of discusses that um yeah. and the use of infra uh, inspiration in your own work yeah you know it's like you can yeah you're gonna pull from the inspirations and you're gonna use that in your own work but the fact that it is you using it and it's the little changes that are from your own life um experiences are what kind of makes it your work there yeah, yeah. we didn't mention um but kind of, this kind of ties into there francis ford coppola he name drops Stanley. john cocteau oh we also mentioned stanley kubrick a bunch too 
Oh yeah, Stanley. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Like, oh, this is he literally's like, oh, this is just ripped from The Shining. I think he says that once. <laughs> he should like I just pulled this from The Shining. Yeah, there's yeah, there's the <laughs> shot where like Lucy is in bed and then it's like the blood explodes under the bed. Yeah, it's a yeah, really yeah, short yeah. shot. And he's like, he's like oh, that's and he's from like, The Shining. He's like, yeah, this is obviously this is obviously from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking awesome. I forgot. But what was that. the one you were gonna say, Doug? Well, I was gonna say, um, he mentions John Cocteau mm-hmm. like so much throughout the, yeah. the entire commentary. He mentions he how like he, um he, he like yeah, different John Cocteau movies. He's like, Oh yeah, this is obviously kind of like a like a like an homage to Cocteau. He says that like eight times yeah. throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, Jesus. Like <laughs> I know, I, I love that stuff. I think that's great. And I I just I feel like it's <laughs> I don't know. I think it's an important thing. Because like, again, I think stealing a, yeah no i think it's good that dirty, you it's that like idea. a dirty word but yeah it is like it is kind of a thing that's in, uh, been happening in art for like ever um and it seems weird because it's like especially like growing up in like you know it's like plagiarism is bad but it's like that's not what plagiarism plagiarism is art is a weird kind of thing because it's not necessarily plagiarism. yeah it's like yeah you're comparing you're, apples to oranges yeah it's it's a weird but I, yeah i think it's i love him talking about all of his influences and where the uh because there's I don't know what it was, but there's just so many little like tidbits where he just kind of goes off and he's like, oh, that's just ripped from this. Or I got that from, you know, you know, so whatever. And I, I think that's I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Okay. <laughs> I no, I, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> okay. 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 Is this your favorite Dracula movie? Sure. Yeah. Like just I, yeah. straight up Dracula? Yeah, I guess. I was gonna ask where it ranks for Francis Ford Coppola movies for you. Oh yeah, um, top five. Yeah, top five. Okay, I've only seen six, so I guess it has to be in the top five. <laughs> I think I have it at like three right now, but I got some stuff to see. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I moved mean, it. I, have, I have plenty to watch. Recently. Yeah. I like it more than Twixt, but also I was such a fucking idiot when I watched Twixt. I need to like. You know, <laughs> well, you're gonna rewatch like, it. Months ago. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> except that was like two months ago. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't think it's like a. It's it's it's. I don't think it's a. Here's the thing: when talking about Francis Ford Coppola, right? I don't think that this is a pantheon all-time film, and I think part of that is has to do with the fact that it's like he said, where he's like, "This is not my movie." He says that he like when he brought up the fact that like he didn't cast Keanu Reeves, he cast, right? He, didn't um, he was very direct and he was like, this is, this is like in many ways, this isn't my movie. I, like I was hired <laughs> to direct the movie and I did my job, yeah. but this is not my movie really. <laughs> um, but it's still, it's still a very amazing film. Um, but it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not like in the pantheon of, films it's one of those things where it's like so i hate to be this guy because i know that owen doesn't even love this movie but it's like the godfather right when somebody's like hey i haven't seen the godfather my gut reaction is like that should just be the next movie you watch no matter what you know i'm like right. you can't really you can't like you can't watch movie like you haven't like watched any movies until you watch the godfather in some ways because of how yeah. important it is like <laughs> you yeah, know one's rolling his eyes and i mean a lot of people would roll their eyes at that and i actually even had a conversation the other day where i was hanging out with somebody and i and um we were looking at my letterbox and like my highest rateds and they were like oh of course you have the godfather of five stars and i was like yeah like duh like why like no shit yeah, i don't know it was like a weird it was like a weird thing where they tried to like box in my taste and i was like no it's just the godfather he's got to have a commentary for that right yeah he does yeah, yeah. of course um, um he does for the first two i don't know if he does for the third one um yeah i'm interested to see that one the, the second and third um yeah 
well it's I'm, like the, it's interesting what he says in this commentary about the third one because he's um because he does he throws dracula and godfather 3 in the same box yeah, and that box is like movies I, he need to I make to money. like <laughs> to get more money right but then he says like while the credits roll for this movie and he's still talking in the commentary he says he he said i think he was like yeah like i told myself i would never make um the third godfather after i made the godfather 2 i told myself i would never go back and make a third one and it was like damn bro you must have like he was like obviously like so desperate like many yeah. made oh, jack and made but jack. <laughs> but i wanted to i wanted to pull back on that when you talk about he's he's like this wasn't my script this wasn't my um you know cast and i think uh brian de palma talks about it a bunch in certain movies because there's a bunch of movies where, where brian just kind of is there directing and it's not his script um even like i think uh, i think it's mission of mars where he came on like he didn't cast anyone he didn't like the script or anything and he talks about how interesting it is to just d direct and the kind of the different task that it is to you know make it yours and you know find it in the the images where it's but it's really not yours entirely because you didn't write it and you know directing how different it is to direct someone else's script and the right. entire process of that rather than directing your own script or having like even if someone else is writing it you also just being there for that process of the script writing is just a whole different thing than just kind of showing up with everything kind of well not everything but like a lot of it is just set up before you got there predetermined it's, yeah. It's a, yeah it's just a whole different kind of scenario uh or situation i guess yeah um, which you think is interesting right but large picture takeaway is that we all really like the movie yeah no i think well it's like for me and i mentioned it earlier i'm not crazy about that cast but this this look of this film and i think the the atmosphere here and just these these beautiful kind of uh studios or not studio soundstage sets that we got i think are, are all time there i think that stuff is terrific I think yeah. Danny mentions the the magic in the commentary. I just think there's so much little like movie magic going on here that you can, uh, you know, pull from. And I think it's a lot of uh, stuff that I'll leave looking back on. I think <clears throat> I made like a little list last night, or I just wanted to throw this in a list so I wouldn't forget. But I <laughs> I do really love the editing in this. Yeah, this I just think the and he mentions it every time it pops up. But that Roman Coppola little special effect editing stuff, I think. Is, is phenomenal i think yeah. I, I and i i don't think that i i think i like it when i watched it for the first time i don't think i appreciated that stuff as much uh, i think that's why my um my respect Rating and admiration for the film so has much. gone up because yeah. i i think i'm just more interested in that editing stuff now uh so i think i really liked that stuff um as well as the, the just overall i think there's just really impressive like craft stuff going on here yeah. what um so this is the third uh coppola movie we've done a we've done on the episode podcast on? yeah this is the third or fourth because we did twix it's the, it's the third i think Fuckers now now yeah. we did dracula. and now we've done dracula are you gonna ask what we're doing next yeah what are we doing i next? think i think we coppola. okay at some point we have to have despite the fact that owen probably has three of them three godfather we, no i was gonna say we have to have pod. a big godfather <laughs> trilogy episode unless you want to put them up yeah let's get um, seth on for the three i personally three out of all the movies i haven't <laughs> out of all the movies <laughs> i haven't seen from him i personally want to watch the conversation the most i know that I, I i but i think 
and and I will put this out there and you guys can let me know if you agree. I think our next Coppola episode, whenever it happens, it would be fun to talk about Rumblefish for the next I one. think Rumblefish is fantastic. I think we could do an entire thing on One from the Heart. I think One for the Heart is huge. I think One mm. for the Heart also has like such an important kind of historical thing going on yeah. there. Yeah, well, uh, One from the Heart, that's the movie that comes up. Whenever you talk about any movie that he made after One from the Heart, yeah, One from the Heart always comes up. He's like, that, it, the movie just lost so much money. <laughs> it, like, really yeah. fucked him. I think, um, yeah, One from the Heart, I think, right. is, a, is a really important one. I think we could do, yeah, I think we could do Rumblefish. I think, I'm, yeah. I think right, how about three, we throw it out? How about we throw it out there? Godfather the episode would go crazy. Yeah. You would have to get a, I feel like we would have to get like a, like a, like a big guest for the Godfather. Right. Friends Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're getting him on for Megalopolis. We're getting him right. on for Megalopolis. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's throw it out there. If if you've made it this far in the episode and you want to suggest a Francis Ford Coppola movie for us to do next, since we're the ultimate Francis Ford Coppola podcast at this point, <laughs> um, feel free. Most of them. Yeah. Feel free to throw out uh, if you like the idea of Rumblefish being next or a potential other movie. Um, before we wrap up, we got to talk about a little bit of news um, and I'll also remind people now to share some feedback. If you liked listening to us talk about uh, Dracula, um, you can like comment, subscribe, uh, rate the episode on Spotify um, and follow us on Twitter and join the discord. If you want to talk to us about it, rate us more. on um, uh, Apple podcasts. Right. Uh, right. I don't know. Does Apple podcasts have a rating system? Yeah. We're now on yeah, Apple like podcasts for those who are thing, listening. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, as far as strike news goes, we don't really have much of an update, just that the AMPTP is refusing Something. to return to the negotiating yeah. table. Um, but as far as some more regular news goes, including news that is kind of impacted by the strike, um, first thing up here is that Jeff Nichols' The Bike Riders has been delayed indefinitely. I don't think either of you two are very excited for this movie. Correct? I'm really interested in it. Um, okay. Yeah, because well, it's I, like, I don't yeah. know if I told Owen this. I told you this off mic, uh, Kevin. Sorry, I didn't mean to do a whole bike riders tangent. But it's uh, Owen. I don't know if you know this, but the bike riders it's adapted from a bunch of photographs. Like it's not it's not based on a book or anything. It's adapted. There's like a there's like a there was a a book of photography from like I forgot what era it was, but it's like you know like um of like uh like bike riders like motorcyclists in chicago from a certain point of time that like is a this book of a bunch of images and then like this i forgot who's directing it but the filmmaker just like saw the book and was jeff like nichols or something like that yeah well we jeff just... nichols I, I i do like take shelter to be fair it's the only movie i've yeah. seen from him but i thought it was quite good and michael shannon's returning in this movie even though it's in a smaller role but the um, bike riders, yeah, it's 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 just adapted from a bunch of images of old bike rider gangs it's yeah like just that's really cool yeah that's really cool i know that the reaction was i guess kind of mixed to this movie out of like the festival nobody was like really highly praising it a lot um, of people i know on twitter when the trailer came out were like what are these accents a lot of people were like really yeah making fun of I, it didn't really accent. bother me at all um, if i'm being honest that, um i'm not super excited for it but yeah it has been delayed it, it now, looks, and, i'm interested and in the it. delay is indefinitely so we don't really know when we'll be able to see it but um anyway our next little piece of news that we could just literally fly right by because i know that this is the piece of news that you guys are the least excited to talk about at all is that uh there are live action remakes coming from for like four disney movies oh, frozen yeah. the princess and the frog tangled and tarzan 
are any out of all of those are any of them like the most intriguing to you well, for a live Tarzan's the only one that could even work in live action the other <laughs> thing, like, only work as cartoons <laughs> yeah frozen uh, is gonna be a weird well, one i know I, there was that tweet asking like who you want to see be yeah. the two leads in frozen uh, like that's I a weird know. one <laughs> like, yeah like what are we doing I'm uh, always interested in uh, in Tarzan adaptations, but it's like it's a Disney live action remake. So what if they got yeah. Barry Jenkins to do Tarzan? <laughs> I so yeah, it's like I don't know if it was a real movie that was a Tarzan remake. I'll I'd be really interested in it, but uh, it's probably who, gonna be really bad. Okay, who is like theoretically the best director you can get to do this Disney Tarzan? Disney movie? or live does it even remake? matter? Does it even matter? I don't, I don't, I don't think it matters. I don't, I don't think it matters. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh. yeah. Sadly, sadly, like the the interest level, and of course these are all like early know, development. Man. But yeah, sadly the interest level is like not even peaked by by uh, hearing these titles. Yeah. Um. Well, it's like but, Princess and the Frog and Tangled think... are really weird to me because it's like how the fuck, yeah. like you can't do that in live action you know like, yeah. i don't it's gonna yeah. i mean i'm sure you can with like a you know a disney budget of 300 million dollars the, the tarzan thing is if i was true or i were to make a, like a movie i would prefer to like it, it not be a remake of the animated movie but be a adaptation of the rice burrows book you know it being an, a remake of the movie is like you know yeah it limits you in creatively. Yeah. Well, I put that news there first because the follow-up news was a project that I think you guys would be more interested in, which is that uh, Paul Schrader's O Canada, starring Richard Gere, Woo! Jacob Lordy, and Uma Thurman, has wrapped filming, which I think only lasted like three or four weeks, um, if I'm correct. I don't know that that's when they started filming, but I know that when he announced it, he, he then later posted on Facebook about it wrapping three weeks later. <laughs> So I'm sure it probably started before that. Yeah, but... I think it started before that. Um, but it's done. Yeah, I mean, so I had to have, I mean, had to yeah, have. And this is a movie that got, yeah. And this is a movie that uh, was, uh, what, I forget what the exact, I forget the word, but it was like approved by SAG-AFTRA to, to um, yeah, it got like, um, be made during the strike. Yeah. The, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you guys are all excited or are you both are excited for this? I'm super excited for this. I'm kind of, oh, yeah. I listen, I, I'm flip-flop a little bit. I'm all in. I'm all in on Jacob Elordi, bro. He's, oh, yeah. making, he's making all the right you, moves. Speaking, speaking of which, the did you, I don't know if either of you oh, watched man. the Saltburn trailer this morning. Yeah, Saltburn looks Jacob bad. Elordi. I'm not, I'm yeah. not into Saltburn. Okay. Um, okay. I'm, I think I was just Jacob curious Elordi, because you get more. Jacob Elordi looks really hot that. in the Saltburn trailer. Right. Like he looks yeah, fucking really hot. Yeah, that that one shot of him looking over his shoulder I, it's great uh, it's great uh, amazing yeah. um but uh that um, movie's, movie's probably, probably gonna be bad, bad. <laughs> yeah the, the the whole trailer i was like i don't know i, I don't know and i said before I, I said on a previous it. podcast that i wasn't like that i was skeptical but i might like it now that i've seen like the trailer and kind of like i guess a bigger picture of the story i'm like i don't know if i'm really that interested in this but i guess we'll see when it comes it, out the story seems really fucking lame <laughs> yeah i know i don't know if i really like it that and much it but... looks like it might be it looks like it's probably shot really well um like when the trailer started out I, I saw it in theaters i saw the trailer in theaters and when it started playing i was like this is this is a four three what the fuck like i was like yeah. what, what the hell <laughs> yeah uh, very anyway. weird um, um next piece of news we have something that i 
guess, excites Doug a little bit. Millie Bobby Brown is ready to say goodbye to Stranger Things. And her quote oh was God. that Stranger Things takes up a lot of time to film and it's preventing me from creating stories that I'm passionate about. So I'm ready to say goodbye. Uh, Millie Bobby I... Brown might be the love of my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> No, just no, sorry. I'm just saying that because like like what she was saying in that profile was so silly. I was like. What is going on? Yeah, I heard a lot of people like, talking about that profile. Like, about? I saw some quotes from it. Yeah. It's like she's so. <laughs> Lily Bobby Brown feels like a Francis Ford Coppola kind of actress. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Um, she said, I'm trying to think of like, I read the profile. I'm trying to think of like specifically some shit she said. She, yeah, she I remember like... I saw some like really stupid quote on Twitter <laughs> and people were like reacting to it. I don't Maybe know. Maybe if Stranger Things weren't happening, she would have been in Megalopolis right well now but, but that's i guess the reason why i put it i guess the reason why i put it in the news is because of the idea of her moving on to other projects in a post stranger things world whether those projects oh, are those projects um, just anola holmes three or do but, you think uh, we're gonna get some go good millie get, bobby brown performances he's gotta, he's gotta meet with a lordy and i think bring tom holland in that meeting as well um, have Tom Cruise run it and kind of give him a little boot camp. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because that the Tom yeah. Cruise news is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Put him, I was going to save that one for last. Yeah. Put him in Tom a classroom Cruise. with Tom Cruise up there. Tom <laughs> Cruise has to like have like young actor boot camp and just like run him through the ringer. Every you know Disney or you know every graduate. young actor has to every young actor has to appear in a Tom Cruise movie like um like Len Powell <laughs> and Miles Teller did so Tom yeah. Cruise could whip him whip him yeah. into shape yeah like, before we ramble too much about Tom Cruise let me let, let's jump to the Tom <laughs> Cruise news then so that we can just continue this conversation which is that uh I mean it's a small piece of news but I want to mention yeah. it because no, I knew you guys would piece. want to talk about Tom Cruise um Timothy Chalamet said that Tom Cruise sent him a wonderfully inspiring email he said in old Hollywood you'd be getting dance and fight training and nobody is going to hold you to that standard today so it's up to you and then he said this email was like a war cry um i need martin scorsese and tom cruise and everyone to like get together and make like the ultimate movie the, the avengers of the avengers of saving movies <laughs> yeah but they need to make like the greatest movie ever because i i don't well, know i i think tom in the um in the commentary, in the in the Dracula commentary, Francis Ford Coppola brought Tom Cruise up because obviously <laughs> Tom Cruise's movie film debut was in The Outsiders. Yeah. Um, but because in the commentary, he was talking about how um, Anthony Hopkins didn't like to rehearse, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, a lot of actors really like are against rehearsing for some reason, like, except for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise really <laughs> loves rehearse. He loves to rehearse. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny." Yeah. Um, once again, Tom Cruise is uh, inspiring the next generation to keep movies alive. He's he's like desperately doing everything in his power to stop himself from being the last movie star, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which like Timothy Chalamet is one of those people who can be a next generation super or, or movie star, which there are not. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think there's probably a handful of people on that list. Um, yeah, I mean, he. it's like him and Zendaya are two that like they seem like they have the popularity to be able to flex into that like yeah you know, what's the thing you... is it, there's so much popularity and there's so many famous people but there's a difference between from being a star and a movie star and yeah. a lot of people just want to be a star and famous 
Like there's, yeah. there's a difference from being Dwayne the Rock Johnson famous and being a movie and being star. Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah being Tom a, Cruise. It, and you got to know I, how to pick a project. You know, they know who to work with. I was going yeah. to ask. I was going to pose the question. Do you guys think that Austin Butler has the ability to do yes. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, I yes, think yes. he has the uh, the charisma, and I, I think agree. he has the the presence there. And I, the I and think, and the roles that he's picking as well. Yeah, I think he's picking the right roles. I just. I don't think he's as famous yet, but I think he sure. can be. I think he's pretty famous, though. He is, but I, I think a lot of people know Austin Butler. He is very famous. He's just not like Timothy Chalamet right. famous sure. yet. Sure, yeah. So I think well, he we can need. Be. It's like he just we just need a really, um, really, really big role. Big movies, yeah. That's the thing. We need big. Like Elvis yeah. was like a really Elvis big was movie. Big, but like but now, yeah, I mean, and like... Dune Part Two getting pushed back doesn't help. But like, still, yeah. once that comes out, people are going to talk about him a lot. I'm sure. Yeah, um, the I'm struggle sure there is awesome. that he is like creepy Not and bald. So, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, but I, but but the variety famous, from these roles is he he, yeah. he needs he needs like a big like he needs to look like him a little like him in a Mission Impossible. <laughs> sure, no, no one watches that shit. If the bike riders <laughs> was really good and blew up, like that would be a like, well. The thing a, is, the thing is, there. with that's it being pushed there, that would be like. It's feel, bike riders feels like a very like it's like a James Dean type of thing. Where yeah. it's like that's, with that's it being pushed back, push into, but yeah, yeah, with it being pushed back though, if it comes out near the same time as Dune Part Two, then Austin sure. Butler might be a hot topic at the beginning of next. Not that he's not already yeah. one, but, um, but yeah, he's be about he's very known for like you know anyone who's like you know a movie person knows who Austin Butler is. I think Timothy Chalamet is kind of a guy right now who kind of transcends movies where it's like yeah, just sure. a famous person, um, yeah. okay. which is important for a movie yeah. star. Last piece of news here that comes, I guess, with a question. Uh, Entertainment Weekly predicts that Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer has a shot at breaking the record for most Oscar nominations with 15 nominations. Do you guys see this being a possibility? Do you guys think this is... Because I, I was thinking no. about it and I was trying to count it and I was like... <laughs> I think the only situation in which it could reach 15 nominations is if it gets multiple in an acting category. Yeah, it's and I don't know how that would nominated happen. for fucking makeup. Like, what are we talking about? No, it's not. But I, but I yeah. do think almost every technical category across the board it will pretty much get nominated in, except for makeup. Uh, I think I'm the, just the strike I, it, helps a little, but I just don't see it. Like, I think I think so, all I, okay, the thing so that like, would put it over the edge for me is if both Florence Pugh and Emily Blunt get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which I don't think. I, I, don't think I think Emily it would Blunt's only be done. Emily. I think it would only be Emily Blunt. Well, what nominated. if what if they what if Emily Blunt uh, campaigns for Best Lead Actress? It's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Just, She's not. Uh, I mean, there's uh, like such a clear lead lead performance in that movie that I like. That doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the guy's uh, name is fucking Oppenheimer. Not to mention. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not to mention. Yeah. Not to mention Emily Blunt is probably because uh, the lead actress category is quite stacked right now. The supporting actress category is much less stacked. So I think her running in supporting actress. Yeah, I guess gets you could get a really a, good a shot. Steph you get a little Stephanie's to Jamie Lee Curtis -ish. Yeah, but I don't think yeah, I don't think that it happens that it gets to 15 unless it gets multiple acting nominations because it can't like I said it can it can get it's going to get best actor and it's going to get best supporting actor. Um, 15 wait, no, 15 is fucking ridiculous. That like that's I think actually, yeah, I think it gets a they, high number though. I think it gets 12 or 13. They're saying it's I mean, 15 that's like almost every category. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, what no, are they talking like, about? I don't, I don't That's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like, what are they talking about? Like, but I do, like, <laughs> I do think like an over under of like I do think like an over under of twelve nominations is a good is a good. I line. would personally, I, I would take the I would if if there was betting for that, I would bet the under. Like, really? I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna. Yeah, Irishman was only nominated for like a uh, Oppenheimer's a different beast, I think. I mean, this is like a know, movie that's like, talking that's being talked about as the best picture favorite yeah, like, but like for months how many, and months now. How many was uh Dune nominated for? Like nine? I'm not sure. You know, no, but you know what I mean? I think like, six. But yeah, like twelve is but so I don't know. Many. I, I think the dialogue that I've heard around Oppenheimer is that Dune, it's Dune's it's gonna be 10, really 10 for Dune. Okay. It won I, six. It won six. Okay, one six. Okay, and was nominated for ten. I think, I think it's not crazy if when Oscar season comes around, Oppenheimer gets twelve or thirteen. I think fifteen is unattainable, but I think twelve or thirteen is is. I mean, fifteen. We're talking about like Gone with the Wind or some shit, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. A, I think twelve or thirteen is a real possibility. I think fifteen is too high. Yeah, um, but I could see it getting a lot of nominations. I think Thanksgiving will get fifteen. <laughs> yeah well no it's thanksgiving's gonna win all well, how many are yeah, there there's like out. 20 like, um well well a lot of those categories are not part of like the feature you like you have to keep them it's gonna those. get the animation there's 24 there's 24 total <laughs> ones but then you have to consider the categories that can't get nominated for i think it's 16 categories that a movie could get nominated for. wait can yeah. you get but can you make a movie that can get all of them yeah. no because you can't make a short and a feature film at the same time <laughs> yeah <'cause> i don't <laughs> think short films can get nominated for like um the yeah. feature film uh, categories okay. yeah. so you can all, but if it's an animated movie it can get everyone but the short film one yeah for the sure. two short yeah. film ones oh yeah. but no you can't get if it was an animated international oh, no. movie you can't get makeup though can you yeah i can't get makeup no. and i don't think animated it would it wouldn't get Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Avatar. Avatar three can do it. Avatar because Avatar three is gonna get all of them because it's Wait, gonna it's, qualify no. for uh, animated. That's so. <laughs> funny. That's so funny. Um, because the what is it? Uh, it's Titanic still that has them that has fourteen because the fourteen number hasn't been broken. So I yeah. think it's Titanic that has fourteen. Okay. Um, so the okay. I just it's it's seventeen possible categories that a movie can achieve it or we're gonna get everything so yeah i don't know i, I just don't see it happening yeah, 15 seems I mean, too high 15 is fucking crazy yeah, that seems too high okay anyway that's our last bit of news so that'll wrap up the episode you can join us next week for episode 37 it's gonna be our halloween episode coming out on halloween and uh we're gonna be counting down some of our favorite international horror films uh and we'll see you later